Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. It's me, Naomi, and welcome to episode 92. We're getting so close to 100 now. I hope we can get something really super special for the 100th episode. I know we can. It's only a matter of time. Anyways, I have a couple exciting things to tell you about on the show today. One is our very special guest is Kim Sims, who had a huge hit in the 90s with the song Too Blind to See It. Kim will be joining me for a walk down memory lane. And we have a special guest by the name of Joseph Ferguson, who is doing something really amazing right now for a kids' care charity um, for kids with cancer. Uh, he is participating in what's called the Legendary Dad Bod Contest. He's going to give us all the details of how we can go and support him and help raise all the money that we can possibly raise to help kids, as well Vote for him in the contest, and you just might get something really cool, especially for those new kids on the block fans. So, welcome Joseph Ferguson to the show, and I want to give a shout out to Tracy Bird for getting Joseph and I in contact so that he can tell you all about this amazing work he's doing. Oh, yeah! Joseph Ferguson, welcome to Dope Nostalgia. Uh, My good friend Tracy here was telling me about this amazing competition you're a part of. And I wanted you to tell our listeners all about it because we want to support you in your new endeavor. What is happening? Okay, so I was actually kind of shocked by this whole thing. Anyways, um, like I got this email one day from um, Men's Journal and this this competition saying you've been nominated. Um, And I have no idea how I got nominated or whatnot. And I just kind of, whatever, I'm not going to do this. I was like, you know what? Why not? And actually, it was my son that talked me into it. 11 year old i showed him was like dad you don't have abs you can do this so i was like thanks son so, so, so and tracy's met my son so she knows this pretty right on with what jacks would say but um this, so i entered this competition and and anybody that knows me i'm, I'm very competitive so i, I um, sports background you know rugby in college and rugby after that and and so i'm highly competitive and so once I saw like my stuff on there and I saw I was getting votes, I was like, I'm not stopping. I got, I got to do this. So I, I contacted as many people as I could. I was like, Hey, I need votes. And Tracy, of course, you know, Tracy, uh, talked to her about all of it and she's, she helped me out. And then, um, blockhead mm-hmm. started doing it. And, but yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really cool cause. It's for the B plus foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does is, is this organization helps with, uh, um, kids who have cancer. They help the families out during the time when they're having cancer. Um, and they also, uh, cancer research for uh, pediatrics. And, and so it, it's just, it, it really touches my heart near and dear because for, you know, I've, I've been an educator since 2003, uh, 2004, sorry. I've been an educator, you know, um, a teacher and a principal for so many years. And, and during all those years, I've, I've had multiple kids with cancer. Um, mm. And, and kids that, I mean, that I, I love them to death. And so when they get that, it hits me like a regular, yeah, I wouldn't say like a real parent because I mean, there's just, there's a bond between a, a father and a son and mother and, you know, so uh, you know, their children, but just the impact that it had on me and actually seeing this B plus, you know, foundation, you know, take place and what they've done. Uh, it, it was, it's just, I was like, why not? You know, even mm-hmm. if I don't win, just, just to be able to try to get votes and raise money uh, for this is, I mean, I, I, I want to be able to give back what I've seen them do for my, for my kids and their families. Um, and so, I mean, and that, that's why I made, kind of made it a mission, not just because I'm competitive, but because I truly believe in this, you know, this organization and what they're doing and to help fight cancer for, you know, uh, for kids and, um, and do research. And, and so that's why, that's why I vowed that whenever, you know, let's just say hypothetically, we, you know, we, we make it all the way to the end and we win or you know, whatnot, then a large majority, a large majority of the money that, that I would get is going right back to the foundation just because I truly believe in it. Um, but I'll, I'll discuss what the rest of my going to go toward uh, here in a minute. You know, Trish and I kind of worked up some stuff, um, but uh, yeah, we, there's some really, it, it, it's amazing. It really is. 
And I don't know, like, what kind of more questions you're going to ask me. So I don't know if I need to keep talking to you. Like, I get to, I get to ramble. It's, it's the teacher side of me. I like that. I like that. It's easier. It's you just keep telling me the story, and I'm happy. I was going to ask you um, how people can contribute financially to the cause. Now, first of yeah. all, we know we're going to encourage everyone to go vote, mm-hmm. but what else can they do to uh, get involved? Yeah. So, so whenever, you, so you can just, if you want to go to the organization's page itself, if you, if you don't want to vote for me, that's fine. You know, just go to the organization's page itself and, and, uh, and just donate money. But also what you can do is you can go to my link and, and you, you've probably seen it. If you, if you are a follower of uh, new kids, you know, pages, and you've probably seen it on there, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, you'll see my link on there. It's the legendary dad bod. And my name is Joseph Ferguson. And so you'll, and it's a long link. So I'll be trying to say that right now would, would not do its uh, justice or purpose, but, um, but no, you just click on there and you'll be able to, you know, do your free daily vote, uh, which like, um, and then once you do your vote, it'll say, okay, well, do you want to keep contributing? And you can do a dollar amount and every dollar amount you put in there is a vote. It counts as a vote. So, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, donate anyways, might as well pick a person. It doesn't have to be me, but pick somebody and just donate toward this organization. I think it's a great organization. We're voting for you, Joseph. We've got yeah. you. We're good. <laughs> my bag. That's what I'm really realizing a lot. It's 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 fantastic. I'm loving this. We're going to make sure on our social media too that we post the link directly to where people can go vote. So that'll help a bit, you know. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, so now that you're involved in this contest, what do you hope comes out of it at the end? Like, what is the prize? What is going on with it when okay, it's so all said and done? So. So I'll get to the prize here in a minute, but kind of just, it's kind of weird having to, to this maintain this whole dad, dad bought thing. Um, and I just want to kind of like clarify some things. So people will say, well, and you don't, you don't have a dad bod. So let, let me explain. There's, there's a difference between like somebody who's completely jacked and like has no body fat and somebody has a complete beer belly. Right. I'm kind of like the in between, you know, because I maybe have one or two abs and, <laughs> you know, man boobs, you know, handles, all that kind of stuff. So I think that still kind of qualifies myself as a dad bond, right? Um, and so I, that's why I, I, I just wanted to say that because a lot of people may, may be like, well, no, that's you know, some what dad bond is. But I, I, um, I take great pride in, in eating a lot of food with my son. You know, we just made a bunch yeah. of food. And so I, you know, and pizza had to maintain the dad bod, right? I mean, that, that that's our that's our weekly, actually weekend diet and slushies. We have to do slushies as well. Oh, okay, so back, so back to your question about the you know the actual prize is is you know I I've been completely blessed my whole life with the in new kids, and, and I, I sincerely mean that because it's made me completely happy. You know, uh, you know, every time I hear the music, every time I've seen them. My son and I, we um, we jam out to, to new kids every time we go to a football game, every time we go to practice, wrestling practice, we're wrestling at home, or we need to pump up music. We, he always picks Block Party, Remix, um, and I'm trying to think of the other one. But those are the two main ones that we always listen to for the pump up, right? And he always does the, the rap at the beginning. He learned Donnie's rap, so he, he does that. It's pretty awesome. But um, anyways, all I want to be able to give back to what, not just the new kids, but what the new kids fans are doing to help me. Um, Cause they've really stepped up and they really helped me to keep this, you know, first place vote. Like I'm going, I'm round two tomorrow it ends and then immediately starts round three. Um, mm. And then I think there's four more rounds after this, right? And it's gonna go all the way into, I think the middle of November. So after this, I think it's like top 10, after this is top five and then quarterfinals, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So. If I make it all the way to the end, I get the money, then I'm going to, um, you know, depend on availability, I'm going to purchase uh, VIP tickets for some fans. Um, and depend on how much left, some, some extra tickets as well. And it's going to be based off of, you know, people uh, voting for me. So people who vote, how much they vote, you know, the more they vote. And even if they donate money, that's going to be more of a vote that they get in the pot. And it's going to be a random draw. 
Um, and it would be what my best hope is to be able to, because I don't want to take away from the organization a whole lot, uh, but I do do want to be able to give back, um, you know, contribute back to to the fans that are really helping me out here. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm looking to try to do two sets of VIP tickets uh, upon, you know, if they're available um, at the venue of their choice. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yes. So the five, you know, five star, that's what I'm looking at trying to do. And I think, I think that's the least I can do. Um, especially with us, you know, raising the money that we are for this organization. I mean, honestly, it's the least I can do. And, and it would make, you know, it made me completely proud to be able to do that and then donate the rest of the money to the, to the organization. Um, it's, it's a stellar thing you're doing and I support you hundred percent. So I'll make sure that we vote daily and, uh, you know, we'll get the word and make out sure that. you save a screenshot of it and yes. send it, send it on to us. We can give our email or something yeah. so that we can track that. I'm actually going to create, I'll create a, uh, a, a probably a forms, uh, a Google forms to where they can go and upload that stuff and put their name. And each time they do that, it'll count as a vote. And I will have, you know, and just as long as they keep a snapshot of what they did and upload that snapshot, because it will let you do that. Then I will make sure, because I, I want to be fair with this, right? Mm. I, I can't guarantee that if you vote for me a thousand times that you're going to be the one getting the, you know, getting it. Uh, it's going to be a random draw. Um, and I think that's just the best way to do it, but your chances obviously increase the more you vote for me and the, and if you contribute money and so forth. So when you go to the site, make sure you take a screenshot and then they can send it into you and yeah, or the, onto the Google doc. Yes, I will. I will post, uh, probably, uh, starting with the next round, which I'm assuming I'll make it since I'm first right now. If, if, it, unless anything traumatic happens here. Yeah. You're doing so, great. It's yeah. really if something traumatic happens, then we just won't air this. And, and I'm really shocked. And this is across the nation. This is what this is what gets me too. Like, I'm gonna tell you right now, the only way that this would give me to not go to a concert for just at least one concert is if Donnie says, you know what, I'm gonna enter this, and he takes the dad bot contest away from me. You know, so I'll, I'll Donnie or the you know, <laughs> or Joe, you know, doesn't step in and try to take it away from me. But I, I think I'm safe because they have all abs and complete chests and everything. So I think I'm safe from from them having a dad bod. So I'm good. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully next round, uh, starting you know, tomorrow, Friday, I will get uh, with my link, start posting um, the Google forms where they can go in and upload everything and uh, put their name and so forth so I can start putting it in for the drawing. Now, if I don't win, I'm sorry. I'm going to do my best to win. I'm going to do mm-hmm. this not just for myself and my family and the B Plus Foundation, but also for my fellow blockheads. We're extremely grateful and love the fact that you're so heavily invested in, in doing this. You've taken this opportunity and you're running with it. So Joseph, you're killing it. Thank you so much for being on our show. I should have thought that you had me on here. I, I can't thank you enough. I really, and thank you for everybody that's listening to this as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And thanks, Tracy, for introducing us to Joseph. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Woo! Yes, you're welcome. Yes. Happy to do it. Sweet. All right, friends, vote today. Go help out Joseph in his mission here. Just go to his Twitter page, um, at B-U-R-U-G-B-Y-7-1. You can see the links there to vote in the competition as well. If you don't use Twitter, you can find all the links to vote on the Dope Nostalgia social media. So if you're not already subscribed to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook do it now and you will find the links to help support Joseph in his cause. Wikipedia Moments. Kim Sims is an American singer whose biggest success came outside her home market, most notably the Scandinavian countries and the United Kingdom. Sims began her career as an advertising jingle singer before breaking through into the dance music market. Sims returned to the Billboard dance charts, reaching number six with Turn It Up in 2017. Working with record producer Steve Silk Hurley, Sims' dance anthem, Too Blind to See It, enjoyed particular success in the United Kingdom, where it spent 12 weeks on the UK singles chart in 91 to 92, peaking at number five. Her 92 hit single, Take My Advice, was also a hit in the UK, and it was also a club hit. The same year, she had a more modest hit with a little bit more. Her album, Too Blind to See It, peaked at number 39 on the UK Albums Chart. In 1995, she released I Must Be Free, 
In 96, she, rela- she released We Got a Love, which was her last single to be released on CD or vinyl. In 1998, she provided the lead vocals for Keep On Groovin' by One Vision under the alias Shima. In 2000, she released another single, Just Can't Get Enough. In 2013, Sims worked with producer Maurice Joshua on an upcoming CD and planned tour dates. She released a single titled Good Morning on March 21st, 2014. And then released One of Those Nights. On May 13th, 2014, she released Won't Do That with Unique 2 Rhythm. She's a creative force, and she keeps making new music for you to groove to. And we're happy she took the time to be here on Dope Nostalgia. Thank you so much, Kim. Check out our interview now. This is Kim Sims. Well, Kim, welcome to my show. This is called Dope Nostalgia, and we talk a lot about the careers of people who took off in the 90s and what they're doing now. So I'm excited to uh, touch on some cool events that you went through in the 90s. What were the early days of your journey in music looking like? Well, before the... um before recording and you know putting out an album I actually used to be a jingle singer so I yeah I sang jingles a gentleman by the name of Paul Wilson he's actually he took me under his wings and asked me if I wanted to sing jingles I'm like hell yeah because money's good So um, I started doing jingles first and I did those up until like 93, I'm sorry, 91, 92. Mm. Um, But in the meantime, um, Steve Hurley and myself and some others were at a party. Now I knew Steve through the neighborhood because we didn't grow up far apart from each other. So he knew that I sang jingles and his wife was having a party for a friend and she asked me if I wouldn't mind um, singing something. So I said, sure, I'll sing um, Inseparable because it was easy and I, it was like one of my favorite songs. Sang it, Steve loved my voice and he said, you ought to come in and see if we can, you know, come up with something. So I'm like, okay. And went into the studio and we literally laid two blind down within a couple of hours. And, it, and the, the, the one that you guys hear is actually a, that was kind of like a demo, but he, they just did some remixing on it and stuff, sped my vocals up. So I sounded like uh, the chipmunks, but oh, a little higher <laughs> than normal, was it? Yeah, see, but um, yeah, so that's how the recording journey began. That's incredible. Rest is history. Yeah, it was pretty good. I can't lie. Now, how did you take the angle to approach success in the European market first? Because I heard it in Canada and I heard it quite a bit here on the radio. Did you? Oh, wonderful. Well, here's the thing. We, you know, we were hoping that we get a, you know, a U.S. market. Um, did you go some? Okay, but it didn't. Um, you know, it didn't take over there, so they released it in the UK. It bubbled under, you know, kind of underground. So, um, in the meantime, I I was recording other songs as well, mm-hmm. and um, it just took off overseas. It was like all the love, e- either from overseas or I should say from overseas. And here as well, I got a great LGBTQIA following. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, here and in Europe. But from the moment Two Blind turned uh, turned 30 years old, August 6th, this August 6th. So it's been, yeah, so it's been 30 years since I, uh, since the song was released. And probably within a couple of weeks, I was starting a tour. And first place I came was to the UK mm. and yeah, so it's, and the rest is history. And up to this day, I'm still getting a gig here and there. So it's been, it's really been nice. I can't lie. Did you get to do a lot of traveling in those days? And when, and when oh, you, did, yeah. did you did you actually have the chance to see the culture and the cities but, and everything? You know what, with, with London, because I had some friends there, I was able to sort of, uh, see around um, 
Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Bahrain. I got to see those areas because wow. I was there longer. I know it was great. Um, Japan, same thing. I was able to, but the, mm. oh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, I was able to, but there were so many gigs that I did that I, I wasn't able to, you know, go through the, the historical part. Scotland, a friend of mine by the name of Dava Mack, when I was in Scotland two years ago, he picked my husband and I up and he gave us a short little tour of the area, Glasgow. So mm. it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, you know, I've been so many places. That's the blessing because mm. I, I, I don't like to fly. And, I, you know, you always want your success to be at home. You want your, you know, you want your homegrowns to love you, too. But it, it didn't work out that way. And I'm grateful for Canada. I'm grateful for, you know, all of uh, England, all of Scotland, Germany, Amsterdam, mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. So I'm grateful. Yeah. Did you get to come up to Canada? You know, I came to Canada for one gig. And I'm trying to remember, and I want to say it was like in 93, 94. Mm -hmm. It was it was a club that had, uh, I, I want to say every, it was standing room only, you know, standing room. I, I believe the um, stage, like the walkway was like right in the center. There were people on either side and, and above me. And I kind of was high, but I, it was in, I'll tell you where it was. It was in... Um, I want to say Montreal. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, French, I in think French it was Canada. Montreal. Yes, yes, yeah. and it was a it was a blast. I mean, honestly, uh, Naomi, I've been shown love everywhere I've gone, you know. And as I mature, I like to, I'm seasoned now. I, you know, I said, ah, maybe I'll retire and just. But people are still ringing the phone, so I'm like, I'm gonna just hang on in there till I can anymore, you know? You got to so, keep doing that, what you love. You got you to. do. And it, it brings me joy. And this whole year and a half with COVID, you know, it just stopped everything and everybody. You already know that. Mm -hmm. And the, the other side of it is, um, at, you know, at first I was like, okay, they lift the ban, but will I still be safe? You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's been one of those, but I have a gig in the UK on the 23rd in Manchester. Um, yeah, I, on the 24th is when I get to the UK. So I'll be in Manchester and then on Saturday, Wolverhampton. So I think it's maybe an hour and a half from Manchester. Then back to Manchester, I, I've got two clubs, one gay club and um, just a, you know, a DJ club. I can't think of the name of, forgive me, but yeah. So that's, that's, what's been happening. I'm so yeah. glad you're playing. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, girl, I am too, honey. A bitch be broke sometimes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> um, but you know, what's funny, you know, I say that years ago it was for me so I could pay my rent, so I could do the things that I needed to do. I had two small children, had gone through a divorce. So it was a lot of stuff going on. But yeah. Too Blind to See It, you know, took me to, you know, to the masses. And so when I sing now, I'm remarried and my husband supports me. But when I sing now, it's not so much for the money. And I would almost say it's mm. not for the money. It brings me joy. You know, and I think I think I got a little depressed being around the house and not being able to get out there and talk to folks. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's been it's been great. And I'm excited about going over to to the U.K.
pages will be right back. Guess what, friends? I have a new voicemail number just for you. Give us a call at Dope Nostalgia. Our number is 780-851-8785. Leave us a message. Pick up the phone just like you used to in the old days. Remember before text messaging? Yeah, we used to actually call each other. If you just want to be heard and be on the podcast, give us a call. Once again, our Dope Nostalgia hotline, 780-851-8785. Pick up the phone. Remember, this number is Canadian, so long-distance charges may apply. Tonight, from wherever in the world you are listening, give a big hand for your host, Hello, I'm Easy Bigby May from Price Tag Pod, and I'm so excited to be a part of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Price Tag Pod is a new cheesy game show podcast due to release on April 2nd. Price Tag Pod attempts to put a price tag on your dignity, and to do this, the show breaks down into three easy parts. First, we ask our guests 11 uniquely ridiculous questions. 376 pounds. Uh, you have edible glitter in all of your drinks for life. Oh, no. who, who would agree to that? No, never. $500, Tim. Oh, $500. For the whole of next year, you have to have a mullet and a mustache. Ooh. $100. Would you drink from your best friend's toilet bowl? Oh. Next, we negotiate a price. £110. Oh, I think it's definitely worth more. How much you got, pal? Give me one. Give me a number. Let's do two hours of your pay then. Let's do $22. $2201. I'll take 2201 Or I will do 2201 You just want a weird number, right? Then at the end of the show, we calculate the total. $370,784.95. You were worth 395717 bucks. Nice. That's like almost a two-bedroom condo where I live. And that's it. We have fun. The guests have fun. And we see how cheap or expensive people's self-worth really is. To follow the show, just type price tag pod into your friendly neighborhood Google engine and we'll show up somewhere. Have a great week and we'll see you on the show. That's right, I'm Mr. Bucket. I'm Mr. Bucket. Pour your balls in my top, I'm Mr. Bucket. Out of my mouth I will pop, I'm Mr. Bucket. Walk and run, I'm Mr. Bucket. The game's Mr. Bucket. The first to get their balls in, and Mr. Bucket wins. But look out, because the balls will pop out of his mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. The balls pop out of my mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. A ball is what I'm about. I'm Mr. Bucket. We're all gonna run. I'm Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket from Milton Bradley. What was one of your most memorable performances in the '90s? Okay, so I I fly to Japan, and I think it, it's called Ropangi or. Rup- Ropanji, Japan. All right. So, you know, nobody spoke English. And so I had a translator with me and everything. But when it came time for my show, I get up on the stage. I want to say I sing, take my advice, I'm too blind. At one point, all I had to do was too blind. And let me tell you, I know they didn't speak English, but girl, they knew every word. Mm. And it was, it was a phenomenal club huge you know that was like a memorable moment because I couldn't believe they were like literally mouthing but then you walk up to them and they're looking at you like you're crazy you know so (laughs) I'm talking and then the other thing and it's memorable because I go I usually like to go off stage and kind of mess with the folks a little bit I get off stage and they parted like the Red Sea Mm. And they it was almost like they I don't even want to call it a respect thing, but they didn't get close, but they kept singing the song. I believe it's a huge, you know, respect is a huge part of the culture. And uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I absolutely adore Japanese people and and how they They enjoy and take in music life and party. Oh, my God. I, I feel the same way. I'd never, ever planned on going anywhere. So going to Japan was like, shoot. And mm. like you said, they do. Um, sorry for that light going on and off. For some reason, it won't stay on. But okay. um, it um, 
they are. They appreciate, you know, they appreciate uh, house music. They appreciate 90s music. And yeah, that's that's probably the most memorable. And I can give you one more that's just as memorable. UK, I went to the UK and I performed at a big gay club called The Fridge. It was a massive place. I'm thinking, I'll never fill this place up, you know, but as my, as my car brought me up, the, you know, my name was on the, the headlights and I mean, what do you call it? The banner. And it was all lit up. I'm like, oh, and then <laughs> I couldn't believe it, you know, and then the till, the, it was around the block and I'm thinking, what? I get inside. I had never, ever been in a gay club, first and foremost. Secondly, I had never seen the most fabulous drag queens. I mean, it was just beyond crazy. And the way they accepted me and treated me, I'll never forget that. It was the it was one of the best gigs I ever did. And when I got off stage, I was able to go upstairs and kind of freshen up. And people were literally standing in my I'm sorry, in line to do like a meet and greet and take a picture. So that was really that was really big for me. Yeah. I oh, love that. What a yeah. great feeling. <laughs> it was. It was. I did club in MTV with downtown Julie Brown back Classic. i think it was about yeah 93 or 94 so my people in the u.s got to see that i've had so many wonderful moments but those three really stick out who were your musical influences growing up you know so i'm a, i'm you know i'm a little more seasoned than a lot of people so i will say the supremes um gladys knight melba mm-hmm. moore aretha franklin um, I loved the big gutsy voices. You know, I'm not a gutsy singer. I'm more because I did jingles. I pronounced my words because you had to do that so much, mm-hmm. you know, over there. So for me, I, I concentrate on what I'm saying, but I also concentrate. And so I, I think I'm a straightforward singer, but I have little moves that I can make, you know, that help out from the excitement side. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I I just think that being able to reach people from the standpoint, you never knew you'd go anywhere, you know, or I do anything like this. And so just to have people recognize it is, is just amazing. It really is. Mm. I love that. Thank tell, me, you. tell me about Turn It Up in 2017. Well, let me tell you about Turn It Up. First, I got to talk about my best friend, Thomas Arambula, who he and I have been friends for over 25 years, and he's been holding out on me. Mm. He he writes music. So I was like, what the hell are you going to tell me? Anyway, he gave me um, a song called Deep in the City first, and it, it was an homage to all of the you know, the DJs, uh, Chicago, Frankie Knuckles, um, East Move, Jesse Saunders, Farley, Jack Master, gave, you know, homage to that. And then Turn It Up was a couple of years later. He, um, he says, Kim, you got to do this song. And when I heard it, it was bouncy enough and it, it gives you that club vibe. I don't know how, how many remixes are on it, but Thomas is the reason that that, same, that song came out and he's actually the reason for me continuing to sing. So I just mm. love him to death. I have to always shout my boy out. So yeah, that's <laughs> how turn, that's how turn it up, turn, turned it up.
then mm-hmm. did, did that lead into doing the EP, The Dance Floor, a couple of years later? Well, sort of, probably so, because, well, I had met these two wonderful gentlemen, uh, Scott Featherstone, who actually, when I go to the UK, he lets I stay with his family. And he, you know, took me into the studio with Des Ford, who's a friend of his. Steve Teasdale is sort of my, he's my agent over in the UK. Long story short, I heard these these tracks and we, you know, we wrote Dance Floor together and then also Love's Got a Hold on Me. Mm. I believe we're going to uh, we're going to release Dance Floor again on EP, um, not EP, what's it, um, digital. Ah. And we're going to also, re- yeah, we're going to also release. Um, oh, God. Uh, I just said it. Love's Got a Hold on Me. So those two songs are, you know, con- what we're working on. I have a concert, like I said, on the 24th, uh, 24th, 25th. And so we'll be doing it there. We're going to try to do a really good live. And I, I wouldn't mind putting out a live, you know, concert EP as well. So that oh, would be kind of cool. So we're looking to do that as well. Yep. You're a very, you're a very strong songwriter. Like, how did you, you, how did you go about getting a song um, prepared for Cece Peniston, the Keep on Walking song? Oh, okay. So that was prepared for Kim Sims. Mm -hmm. And finally was killing it on the charts. I was, I was coming up. Cece wanted to, I guess he smoothed. We, we got a love thing. I think that was her next song. Mm. Now, I had recorded all these songs for my for my album and she apparently loved Keep On Walking and I had no clue and the first time I heard it was when it was on the radio. So the songwriting part of it had to, a lot to do with the bad relationship that I was in which was my you know my first marriage. Mm. Um but I will I will say this, I, you know, I loved my version I, and I was a little, um, I, I think, more hurt than angry because um, the production company, they did it behind my back. Oh, no. So, that, yeah, that was supposed to be my follow up to take my advice. But Cece, she put her feet all up in that song, honey. I mean, she did her damn thing. And I, t- I tell everybody, you know. She stops the stages all over the world singing it. And I go to the mailbox and get the residual checks. So it's been working out just fine. <laughs> there is a silver lining to the situation. There is a silver lining, you know, but sometimes you, you know, the music industry, you got to go where the money resides. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think at that point, you know, she was, she was already signed to the label. I believe it was A&M. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then I got signed to Atco Atlantic Records and then East West for the for the UK. So it all worked. It all worked out, you know. Yes. I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out in a positive way. Me too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't pop. You if you would call me five years ago, I'd probably still be bitching about it. But now, like I said, it you know. Everything happens for a reason. Um, songs belong to certain people and it, it belonged to her. She sang it. She sang her heart out on it. So, you know, I, I gave up that feeling of anger from not from her, but from the people I was dealing with at the time. But now it's it's all good. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you a person who collects memorabilia, vinyl? <laughs> cassettes or like some of the some of the cool things that you might have collected about your own career so (laughs) I when I got the first cd I didn't even listen to it do you know what I mean I was so I was like oh oh, no so I still have one that's just wrapped up perfectly with the double thingy Mm -hmm. so I do have that I have a ton of vinyl but it's you know it's not my stuff um let's see uh, yeah, so collecting p- probably that one CD. And then, of course, I've got my platinum and my gold plaques on the wall. And I've yeah. got my, so- my songwriting, 
you know, a plaque for that. And then all the charts, Mixed Mag, Billboard, um, Top 40, all of those are on one plaque. And, you know, it shows where I went number one on those. So that's sort of my memorabilia, if you, you know, if you will. But my, I, I love collecting elephants, little oh, porcelain. Really? So, yeah, I do. I love them. And so I've got, when I go, when I've been around the world, I've got all these elephants that I collected. And I don't necessarily, they're, I put them out, but I, the majority of them are just saved, you know. But I, I just loved them, so. I wanted to, you know, constantly get them from everywhere I could. So. That's sweet. How many do you think you have? Um, over a hundred, over a hundred nice. for sure. Yeah, because I have some tiny ones and, a, you know, a few big ones. But I would say I would definitely see no less than a hundred. That is sweet. Yeah. yeah. When you think back to the fashion of the 90s and the clothes you wore for like photo shoots and videos, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, right. Do you have anything that you've ever said? I can't believe I wore that. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> you got all day? No. Um, <laughs> you know, um, not that I can recall. Mm -hmm. um, I did. I did have someone styling me. I don't know necessarily. I love hats. So I don't know necessarily if I would have had someone style me. Um because I had such a different feeling as to what I wanted to, you know, wear, but, mm. um, the hats and the, you know, like the thigh high boots and, um, anything sparkly and funky, I like, you know, mm. so I would say, and I've actually saved some things, which, you know, it's kind of hard to do when it comes to clothes situation, but I do have, the two blazers I wore and take my advice and too blind to see it. And then I have the leather bomber jacket that I um, sang a little bit more. So I do have some, you know, I do have a few things that I, you know, I kept. I'm glad you kept them. And you know, like that fashion, that fashion has either never really gone away or it's come back. Like the nineties is so hot right yes. now. It is. And I'm so happy because it gives me an opportunity to get back out there. I can wear the stuff that's 90 ish. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not going to give my hats up because uh, there's some bad hair days. And that's what that, the hats. That's what that came from. It wasn't like I was trying to make that my, you know, um, what's it? Signature. Mm -hmm. It was just that it was just that doing all the traveling and trying to keep the, the hair together. I was like, forget that. I'm going to get me some hats, honey. And <laughs> so now it's like a trademark of mine. You know, I wear them all the time. So, <laughs> yep. Now, when the internet came out in like the early to mid nineties, did you use it very much yet or, or use it at all to promote your career, like your own website I, and stuff? I didn't. I didn't. I was, a, I was so afraid of the internet and, you know, at that time, I had the, the label behind me. They, you know, I had PR and all of that stuff. So I didn't necessarily have to do it. If I could turn back the hands of time, I would have been more involved in, you know, in everything. So, yeah, computers scared the hell out of me. And I'll be honest, I didn't really start using a computer till like probably 2001. Mm -hmm. And then I just need pencil and paper. That's all I need. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, with all of the social media stuff, it's, it's the best thing to do because that's how the, the music industry is moving. Now people are going out on live doing their thing and have fans on Facebook and that kind of thing. So that probably came to fruition for me, maybe about 2005 and up to now. Mm -hmm. yeah i remember a quote from prince and, and i think it was probably about 10, maybe 10 years oh ago he said, 15 years ago where he said uh, yeah yeah that the internet was a fad <laughs> he, he thought well, it would go away <laughs> yeah rest rest in peace prince i mm -hmm. you know icon I, you know i put he and michael together but they're totally different vibes but icons for our time um i think i liked the fact that prince thought out of the bag uh the box and he 
you know, he owned his own publishing. He owned his own, you know, um, catalog. So he, you know, he put, he put out an EP or an album without any help from a label. So to me, he was like a groundbreaker. And I don't think he necessarily, before he passed away, I don't think he was that into the internet then. No, I really, if I can remember, you never really saw him, you know, I don't know if he had a, a fan page. I'm gonna have to look, but yeah, so he, he took his time and I'm, I'm behind him cause I would have done the same thing, but you know, you realize as you, as you walk through this journey, you can't get around it. You just can't. So mm-hmm. it's important for artists. I mean, a lot of artists run their own social media, like their Twitter their Instagram, whatever, but but you don't have to because you're, you can always have someone do that for you. If you're, it's something you don't. And you know, I've got people that have offered to do it for me. And so, so I can get bigger numbers and that kind of thing. So that's something that I plan on doing, you know, leading into the first of the year, but now I just have my little, um, I have Instagram and I have Facebook and I have Kim Sims fans and just regular Kim Sims. But, you know, you can have 5,000 people as, as um, friends. You don't know who the hell they are. They just happen upon you, you know? So I probably got 14 good friends on there, but anyway. Yeah. um, yeah, My niece was uh, actually helping me, you know, just try to do things because I think the more people see you, the more, they're willing to, you know, come your way. And they like the idea of being able to engage with the artists. Right. And I love that. I love that. I I don't know if you ever watch any of my lives, but in my, in my first life, I was a comedian. And so it's like when I, I can't help but go on Facebook and just I've, I have calamities that happen to me almost every day. So I, um, I just go on Facebook and talk to my to my fans. I call them I call them friends because I look at them in, as friends and fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they like when I come out live and talk to them, and I think that's that's important. You know, it humanizes you, and it also makes them, you know, look at you differently. That you take the time to yeah. talk to them. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that. Yeah. It's a stronger Mm -hmm. bond. (laughs) It is. It really is. And it, you know, I think if I was to have had it when the Jacksons and, you know, all the different, I probably would have been one of the stalking fans that, you know, (laughs) I I can see, but I love you guys. I could see myself being that person. So it's a shame, but true. But that's how we are when we're like, preteens and teenagers too you know yes that's true that's <laughs> true yeah so I think in all in all you know I I just enjoyed the 90s for for those reasons and Tina Marie you know soulful singer mm-hmm. and you know I, I would listen to those folks but I a lot of people liken my voice especially in the early early days to Diana Ross because of the of the, um, I guess, brightness of it. And she articulates every word. And also um, our tone is, is, is similar. So yeah, I yeah. think I, if I had to like compare myself to somebody, I would say her hmm. only because I, I, I feel like I sound more like her. You know what I mean? I can um, hear that. Yeah, yeah, especially in that first album. I mean, there are some songs that they didn't speed up, and you can listen to it and be like, "Yeah, I could see that." You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, she's one of my idols too. So, yeah. I was gonna say that leads into my question that I was gonna yeah. go go next with was, uh, mm-hmm. "Who have you gotten to meet throughout your career that was a big influence on you, or maybe even made you starstruck?" Okay, well, God, let's see. Tony Terry, I guess he sang a song called When I'm With You. I was like on a um, stage with him and I just thought, oh my God, that's Tony Terry. Um, 
crisscross when they were little ones. I mean, you know, yeah. um, let's see. Uh, Natalie Cole. Wow. Um, let's see who else. And this is not music, but Muhammad Ali. I was a, I, I was actually had dinner with him. He was the sweetest man of big flirt, but super sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to think of um, any more artists that made me starstruck i would say natalie cole probably was the one mm-hmm. um now i look at so many artists that i've done well evelyn champagne king that's another one mm-hmm. she and i did get gigged early on together and when i you know i realized it was who she was i was like oh, that's evelyn champagne king. and you know she's she's a, she's ill she's in the hospital mm-hmm. she has covid and she came off tour. She had three shots, came off tour, and they put her right in the hospital. So got to send some prayers up for her, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but those, I would say those are the ones that come to mind first. And I have some male, like Tony Terry, I have some male, like, voice to men. I opened for them, and I was like, what? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, opened for, I opened for somebody else. And I was in awe, but those are the the few that I can come up with. Mm. Yeah. Now your hometown is Chicago, correct? Hometown is Chicago. I I live in Atlanta now, mm-hmm. but home is Chicago, always and forever. Yeah, that's home. When I was reading your Wikipedia, and I noticed your birth date. My birthday is the day before yours, so you're what? A baby. Yes, yes. Well, I'm the, actually. I'm the 28th of December yep. and yours is 27. Girl, you were Capricorn. Power That's to right. the people. <laughs> yeah. Now, did yes. you get stuck in that whole um, combined birthday Christmas presents or people weren't around for your birthday because they were doing Christmas things? Christmas stuff. To be honest with you, my parents always made a difference. So they always, you know, did the Christmas and the birthday was separate. And uh, yeah. And if if being when I was younger, you know, I'd always have a little birthday party or whatever. Um, Even to this day, my husband, he, you know, will make sure that I get two gifts. He can't not do that because I'll leave his ass. So, you know, I got (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. they always made a difference. Always. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I can say the same. My family was wonderful about keeping them. Good. That's <laughs> right. And you felt, you know, you feel like it, that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they, because you were born that day and Christmas was that other day. And so, you know, that's two it's separate not things. the same holiday. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. So nope. yeah, my sister, my sister Capricorn, I'll always remember that. That's awesome. There you go. Now from your hometown of Chicago, when, how often do you get to go back there? Well, when I first moved here, I live, I live in Atlanta. I've been here for 20 years, but I live in a suburb called Roswell. And Mm. when I, when I first moved here, I was, I like to drive. So I was on the road three times a year, you know, just, you know, going now, you know, a lot of my, like my parents have passed Mm. away. Um, I have, had an aunt that just recently passed away. Now my brother and sister are there. Um, and my niece, my brother and uh, sister-in-law's daughter, she's actually living with me here because she has, she got a really good job. So, um, mm. so she, she goes home to Chicago and she brings me back all my little favorite things that I love to eat. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but I, I miss Chicago from the standpoint, you know, it's home. And I knew where I was going here. It's, it's a little different to me um, from the standpoint that I, as I said, I live in the burbs and, you know, uh, there are very few people that I've met that are literally, literally from here. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've been coming from, you know, different areas, you know, of, of the U.S. So, but yeah, I, I'm getting used to it now. It, it kept me, it keeps me away. My son lives in California and I'm, I'm going to have my fifth grandchild with him. 
he's his new yeah he's he's got um three boys yeah three boys a little girl that's the youngest and then the next baby is due in january but then my daughter lives in nashville so it takes me three hours to drive there so i hit the road a lot she's got a boy and a girl so i've got seven grandkids so far and one on the way congratulations <laughs> must be thank so fun thank you thank you <laughs> You know what? At first, I wasn't happy about it because I'm like, I'm a diva. I wear high heels. I wear stilettos. I am not trying to call somebody. Come here, little boy. That's no. But <laughs> the first, the first one, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. It's there's something. It's something about being a mom. You know, you're so engaged and you're trying to raise your child, and so. I think you make the mistakes you make are the not knowing mistakes. You knew no better. But now having grandchildren, they don't they go home to their to the parents, but they I look at all of them and they do so much, so many things that remind me of my kids when they were little. So and it's a different kind of love. It really yeah. is. It's it's wonderful. And I can't lie. At one point I said I wasn't too happy about it, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I've only been to Chicago once in my life. I went there for a concert right. at the House of Blues and I just absolutely oh, yeah. fell in love. I fell in love with the city and the it's, food. Yes. And, um, where would you tell someone to visit who is a tourist there? Well, day to check out stuff. Right. The House of Blues is a a great place. And I there was a hotel that was next to it. And after the music sort of died down for me, um, it was a Lowe's Hotel and it was um, it was called the House of Blues Hotel, if you will. And I became a concierge. So I got to um, go to the finest restaurants, see the city. Like I they lived there all my life, but never went to different areas. So, um, I mean, if you want a good steak, you got to go to, I, well, Gene and Giorgetti's is better to me, but they've got, um, what's it called? Oh God, it just slipped my mind. I can't think of it. There's another, there's a Thai restaurant called, um, Thai, uh, Dao, D-A-O, wonderful mm. spot. Yeah, um, Mexican food is all on, to me, is all on the north end, which would be, you know, like some blocks, well, maybe a whole, half a mile or so from from downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there was, a place, there was a place called La Canasta. Oh, my God. Oh, so that, you know, I recommend there. And there's so many just wonderful clubs the w's have on their top levels they have the best dance clubs and stuff so i got to learn a lot it's been a while since i've been there so i'm sure there there are more restaurants but those that i named they're staples they've been there forever so Mm -hmm. recommendations oh yeah and a hot dog you gotta get a chicago style hot dog and you also gotta get an italian beef dipped in oh. Anjou, it's not the same if you don't dip that sucker. Um. And there's <laughs> there's a place called, there's a place called Portillo, and it's down in a get you a good old hot dog, girl, and mm. you know get get the Chicago style, and then uh, an Italian beef. Those are kind of fast foodie, but they're the best. So good. Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. Kim, do you have any guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. I said I'm never I never feel guilty about them. I just like them well, with no shame. <laughs> well, see, let's let, let, let me put it that way then. Yeah, I, I like them with no shame. Some people would say I have guilty pleasures, but I love a good handbag. So I have every probably every designer, you know. And it wasn't even so much about being able to floss and go, look what I got. I just loved them. Yeah. That, and, and shoes. Nice. A good pair of shoes. You know, I, those are, I would say, are my true 
guilty pleasures, but I don't feel guilty about it at all. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never have enough of them. Never. Never. <laughs> and I told my daughter and my uh, my niece, they're going to get them when I die anyway. So it's in the will. So, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm buying it for them, uh, you know, in all honesty. <laughs> Excellent. But I've got, you know, I got a lot of, got a lot of wear and tear out of them. So, yeah. So now that you're, you're going to be playing right away in the UK and mm-hmm. what other, do you have some music lined up that's going to be released soon and what goals lie ahead for you? Yeah, well, they're going to release Love's Got a Hold on Me. And that mm-hmm. one is like really one of my favorites. But when I was there, Two years ago, I recorded a couple of other songs. So those um, will probably be on the EP. And then Tom, Thomas, um, Thomas, my songwriter, best friend, he wrote a song called Love Take Over. Mm-hmm. And more banging than turn it up. It's really, really good. So we're going to re- I think we're going to release that one first early part of the year. Um yeah, I'm looking to, you know, I've got some gigs, so I'm looking to do a little tour, a touring, you know, towards the end of the year. And then I kept telling everybody, I'm going to retire. And it wasn't so much retiring singing, because as long as I have my voice, I'm going to, you know, do it. But I said, I just don't want to be one of them old ladies trying to get out on stage with a cane and shit. I just want to be able to, you know, I don't want to when it's time it's time if you know what i mean right now i'm i'm physically okay um but i see retiring maybe in the next two years but as i said i'd still sing you know and if a gig came through that was worth it i'd go out yeah i hope you keep playing as long as you feel good and thank you you gotta gotta keep playing as long as you can yeah you do love to see you love to see you. you Thank you. that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.